Hi, Boundary Waters podcast listeners. My name is Jana Burka, and I live in Grand Marais. I work at WTIP along with Joe and Matthew, and they don't know that I've just taken over their podcast for a few minutes, but I wanted to share some information about a place on the Gunflint Trail and the edge of the Boundary Waters that I think you might enjoy. Bearskin Lodge is located 26 miles up the Gunflint Trail on the edge of East Bearskin Lake. There's great fishing, all kinds of places to see moose or hear wolves howl, and a very kind staff waiting for you at Bearskin Lodge. Visit bearskin.com for more information or type Bearskin Lodge into Google. Okay guys, thanks for letting me share this message on the Boundary Waters podcast. We hope you enjoy today's special episode. Good morning, Joe. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Hey, pretty good, man. Uh, I just wanted to give you a call, and also, before we get going here, I wanted to let you know that I'm recording right now, uh, just to verify that with you, make sure that's cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, I wanted to talk with you about the trip planning, but before we get going on that, I've got some news to share with you today, sir. Uh, remember that award that I mentioned that we had uh, been nominated for and that your episode uh, and your your story about coming up to the Boundary Waters uh, was a big part of that award? Oh, yes. You did tell me about that. Well, we, we found out uh, today that we won that award. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's a huge deal. Uh, it's called the Edward R. Murrow Award. It's it's probably the most prestigious award that you can win in broadcast media. And uh, we won for the best podcast. And I'm telling you, man, it was, you know, your your voice was what the, the judges heard in your story that you recorded out there and when you came to WTIP uh, last summer. So that's that's what uh, that's what won the award. And, and uh, you know, in talking with uh, people here at the radio station. I mean, I mean, this is like really a, a big deal that we won this award, right? So, so oh, that's amazing. I got, I'm smiling ear to ear. Yeah, you know that 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 story is like that. That's that's amazing. Yeah. So we we wanted to uh, we wanted to really dedicate the award to to you and your family to Fallon for for getting in contact with us and and uh, and perhaps even more so uh, to your to your father and and uh, remember him through the award. So that's what we wanted to do. That's why I wanted to call you today. Well, it makes me about about in tears, man. It's great. My dad'd be really happy. Yeah. So there we go, man. Now you're connected to to the podcast and this radio station forever uh, through through this award. So thank you so much, Eric. Thank you for putting it on and doing that with us. And yeah, it's great. I'm happy to share that with a story with everybody, and I'm glad that you helped me guide guide me and you know help me out get through that whole talk. That was tough. So. Yeah. Yeah, great. Well, there we go, man. That's the news. That's what that's what I had, yeah. to, had to share at the top I got, there. I got goosebumps. That's freaking amazing. I, I can't wait to tell Fallon. She's yeah. going to be stoked. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experience were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. 
We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue. Come the northern lights Oh, and in the deep dark blue Come the northern lights Welcome to episode 29 of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. I'm with host Joe Fredericks. <laughs> and I'm out here with host Matthew Baxley. We hope you can hear us. Uh, we got to do a bit of a different audio setup out here for our recording in the Boundary Waters today. Maintaining social distancing, we've got the mic placed uh, in between us here at our six feet uh, distance here, even in the Boundary Waters, we wanted to maintain what's happening. Hopefully you can hear me through my mask. I'm uh, currently surrounded by cedar trees, balsam firs, uh, white pine, and we're right on the edge of the lake between one and another. <laughs> Indeed. Sandwiched here at the end of a very rugged moose track filled snow encrusted portage actually quite a bit of snow well maybe even a little more than we bargained for but we're still wearing our winter boots so nothing we weren't prepared for today it is may 9th the fishing opener in the boundary waters canoe area wilderness and it's a quiet place out here right now isn't it joe haven't seen anyone haven't seen any signs that there is anyone else um for all intents and purposes, in the area where we are here, Middle Gunflint area, maybe maybe we are, all, you know, one of probably only a few groups, if if not the only one out here. With uh, the current nature of all the restrictions and advisements on travel, everybody's been encouraged to recreate in their own neighborhoods, in their own backyards, and we hope everybody listening has found their beautiful trails and waterways in their own backyards and we're really proud and happy to know and to say and to report that we are in our backyard right now and it's looking good it's it's a little windy today has been started out temperature in the lower 20s this morning up the gunflint trail <sighs> saw a moose coming up the trail mm. uh but i think before we get too far ahead of ourselves yeah, right. on the trip right oh as yeah you, right as, you, as you heard mm. at the top here in my conversation <laughs> with eric we've got uh some very humbling news some great news some exciting news uh some emotional news uh, at least for us because the podcast has been uh bestowed upon with a prestigious award the edward r murrow award best podcast uh, for our region here in the upper midwest and it's very significant these are hard to come by um, just uh, in my years of experience in journalism the murrow awards are are no nothing to take lightly and uh, for the podcast to win one it just hasn't really quite necessarily maybe hit me uh, it comes in waves matthew we found out yesterday on friday the 8th about this and uh, shared that news there with Eric as we heard so it's still we're still processing it indeed and you know I I think that news probably means more to us than anybody else but it is hands down not possible for us to receive that honor without 
all of you, our listeners, who have been along on this journey for us now on year three, uh, continuing to go into the Boundary Waters with us and with our guests uh, on the stories and the tales that have taken us into the wilderness. And it's those stories and those tales and and our storytelling that, that really is what's been nominated for this award. And it's the power of the wilderness and all of you that enjoy this place that has made that what it is, made this podcast what it is. And I'm just so grateful. And, and Joe, congratulations. Matthew, congratulations. Why, thank you. I, I was so excited to call you after speaking with uh, the Murrow Foundation, the people there in Washington, D.C., who who told us on the 8th about uh, the fact we we had won. And then, uh, of course, we couldn't officially say anything until that next Tuesday. So we figured we'd better come out to the Boundary Waters this weekend and keep quiet, mm-hmm. not tell anyone. Of course, you know, we wanted to come out anyway. I told a loon. <laughs> So, uh, as you said, Matthew, you know, this is all about uh, the the community here that's been built around the podcast. When you and I uh, first were getting together on this and we we actually kind of came up with the final concept of we're going to do this together around uh, the burning embers of a fire in January um, near Lake Superior. And and that's where it started officially in my mind, the podcast. And at that time, as it is now, the whole point was to be a platform for storytelling and, and sharing stories and not just, you know, giving direction, not, not a tell-all, not here's what we know type approach. We wanted it to be a platform for other people to come and share their stories. And mm-hmm. we think that's really rung true. Um, and, and we used Eric's story, his, his very powerful, moving story. Uh, from uh, the episode in, in 2019 about his father and, and what happened with the trip. Uh, that's one example. And so we use that as just, here's here's what our podcast is all about. Then the Merle people uh, followed up on that and, and researched it on their own and, and uh, evidently found meaning in your stories as well, uh, the, you, our, our listeners. So Indeed. it's a huge, this is just, Matthew, in the, in the, where we are here, you know, today, it's great to be in the Boundary Waters. Where we are in society, so many challenges happening right now. And then to get this, I, this is some some news that I haven't heard this kind of news in a long time. Something to really be like, yes! Yeah. An enthusiastic, nothing but good here. Yeah, it's true. And you know, it was, it's a hard, I think it's a hard time for everybody listening. And I want to acknowledge that because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of elements of life that have changed really drastically. And and Joe and I, you know, we had some uh, mixed feelings about coming out to the wilderness when so many of you just don't have that option right now. And that we know for many of you, that's driving you absolutely bonkers. You had permits booked and uh, trips planned and then you couldn't do it. And and we just we didn't really, really want to make that any harder for any of you, but if we figured the service that we must provide and the way that we must celebrate is by going to the wilderness in our backyard and reporting to you on on what you will be seeing soon but maybe won't be seeing yet and i want to tell you all it's still the same it's looking marvelous Mm -hmm. out here right now uh with uh ice coming out off of some of these lakes that we're on today just a matter of days ago Mm -hmm. uh, we know first week of may some of them started to pop in this area middle gunflint some were holding 
even up until these recent days and mm-hmm. as we said on the portage ice snow, snow. packed mm. so it's uh it's may it's early may in the boundary waters it's not often a time where you see a lot of people uh, on these trips i've said uh, last episode i've been out here a number of years in a row with uh, my father-in-law doing this annual trip and that we postponed this year uh it wasn't the right time to to travel up uh it was the decision and and so uh, that that got put back, but um, you know it's it's still got that early season feel to it. It's it's one of my favorite times of the year to be out here. Indeed. And if you're worried about whether or not you're missing out on catching all the fish, they're not biting. We're leaving them for you. <laughs> That's another service we can provide on the podcast. Leaving plenty of fish. Yeah, mm-hmm. Well, at least not yet. The yeah. day's not over, though. It's not over yet. It's been windy today, as we said, and uh, just some tough fishing. But, but I don't know. I'm just taking comfort in reflecting on the Murrow, reflecting mm-hmm. on where we are here, the chance we get to come out here today, and fishing's kind of a pretty much an afterthought in that. I'm not sure I thought I'd ever say that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a perfect segue. We're gonna finish your conversation here with Eric. Uh, around what it's like for him to hear the news about the Murrow Award and and his a little bit of his future trip planning uh, coming up here soon in the the paddle season and uh, Joe's also talked with uh, our buddy Chris who we've met at a couple different expos Canoe Copia we had uh, saw him there we first met him at the Bearskin Expo yeah, coming out of a trip yeah. with a bunch of fellow fellow travelers and. Yeah. And he's going to talk about what it was, what it's been like to have to reschedule his trip and change his plans uh, for the sake of still getting into the wilderness. And in this tumultuous time, we want to share with you what's really going on, and hopefully, we'll hear from you about your roller coasters of this odd season as we move through it together. Hey, well, let's talk. Uh, let's do some other talking. Let's talk about your trip. Yeah, man, I'm ready. I'm getting <laughs> excited. Nice. You know the deal when you get like the planning's almost half the fun of it, you know? Yeah. No, we do know. In fact, we did an episode all about that where we actually recorded some of Matthew and I like gearing up, you know, getting ready to go and sorting through our equipment and, and things like that. So I do know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and you're going to come up, um, this is like a mid June type trip or early June. June. June 8th. Okay, yeah. Coming right up. Yeah, quick. <clears throat> and you've got, what, a couple buddies that are coming up, and what's their experience? Three of us. Johnny, who came with me last year on my dad's trip, he uh, he's coming. And my friend from seventh grade, Donovan, my neighbor, and then my brother-in-law, Ryan, who's really close to my dad. And after, he, wanted, he was going to go up there with me and my dad the first time, but he couldn't make it the last trip. Uh, with me and Johnny, so he's coming up this year too. It's just the four of us. Okay, and you're driving up uh, from Nebraska, and then you're going to get up to mid mid Gunflint. You're going to go to Poplar Lake in that area, or that's where you yeah. start. Yeah, we're just stopping from uh, Rockwood Lodge. Mm-hmm. Nice, and then Poplar Lake, and going to Gaskin. All right, all right. And then I think we're going to try and set up camp there. Yeah, good, cool, man, and get there. And you've got how many days, uh, you know, to be in there and hunker in and stuff. Monday to uh, pulling out Saturday, 
afternoon or Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Nice. So you got some time. Yeah, we got six, seven days. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's a great area to explore. You know, Gaskin is a perfect uh, base of operations, and it has some some good walleye fishing right there on Gaskin too. Um, so that, that's maybe start. You want? I mean, you guys are going to be doing a lot of fishing. Is that going to be one of the main focuses? You think? Yeah, it's going to be my main focus. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Ryan and uh, one other person. The other guys like they like hiking, exploring, and. Mm-hmm. Two around the lakes, you know, checking out. You know, obviously, if you got a base camp, you can have a a, a good good tour. With not moving stuff on a portage. If you had to make a portage, you got to carry the the canoe, which makes things a lot more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're going to um, let's see. You're going to try to get into Gaskin, or the plan is to. You're coming up on the, on that day before and staying at Rockwood, or are you going right in that day you get here? We're going to stay in the bunkhouse at Rockwood yeah. and leave in the morning from Rockwood. Mm-hmm. Leave early? We'll there Sunday night. Okay, I got you. So you get to Rockwood then, Sunday night and, and head out Monday morning. Yep. Nice. So you, I don't know how far, I don't know how far to, I don't know how hard the portages are because last time I was in Isabella and those, that, a lot of those portages were tough going down that river. You know, they were steep and rocky and, you know, we were cutting down trees to get through. It was, and this year we're going later, so should, all the trails will be open, I imagine. But mm-hmm. yeah, you don't you know sh- what the portages look like over there, and I haven't looked. Yeah, you'll be you won't encounter much of that, if any. And th- these are pretty well traveled and and uh, an easier route. I mean, you could get to Gaskin by, you know, let's say you left Rockwood at eight o'clock, and maybe that's even a little just for the sake of choosing a time, right? You, let's say you leave paddle away at eight o'clock. I bet you could be to Gaskin by two o'clock for sure you know oh really so yeah. where's the um uh good place to camp you think like if we're gonna set up like if we don't mind moving camps of course mm-hmm. but we're looking for like a, a base camp and we're gonna have two tents mm-hmm. two small tents and then that's about it yep well that island site right as you come in from horseshoe there is the it's the coveted site that's that's the toughest portage that you're going to encounter on this trip is coming in from from horseshoe into gaskin and it's not that bad i mean i've done it in the winter and i've done it you know multiple times in the spring summer fall and it's not too bad fishing up there right yeah well i go into wind chill which i will get to that in just a moment because i would i would encourage you to try to get into wind chill at some point on your trip but uh so so i would go there's an island site right when you first come in uh on the east side of gaskin and it's primo i mean it's a fantastic campsite right Mm -hmm. if it's open i would grab that okay so east side of gaskin islands there's i think there's only one island site there isn't there uh yeah well no there is another one but it's uh it's the first one that's that's what gotcha yeah. I, I know it's when you I looked I've looked at that map and saw that mm-hmm. yeah and we'll see if it's open you know you know the deal you show up and somebody's there you, you wave high and keep on going mm-hmm. yeah exactly and like you said I mean if they move or you keep your eye on it too but uh, there's there's a a number of good sites on there you know so. Nice. Um, and the fishing is good on Gaskin. It is. I mean, it's it's a bigger lake. You know, there's a lot of structure to it and depth 
changes. I, I mean, I'd print out some kind of a contour map if you can bring that because there's like some sunken islands or reefs and things that are good, uh, particularly in the evening and early morning. But, you know, in, in early June like this, you should have no problem finding them, you know, in the shallows still for them, you know, up in the weed beds and weed lines and things like that. Should I use a lindy? What do you like? Use a lindy rig? What do you use up there? Well, you can. I mean, or a jig or a slip bobber setup works really well too. Actually, nice. Mm-hmm. I got a fish finder, a little portable one that goes with the canoe with a small battery. Do those worth bringing, or do not needed? Um, it's. I mean, it's extra weight, right? It's kind of a exactly. It's if you want it. Uh, I I don't ever bring them on a canoe trip. It out. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's something to think about, but I, I wouldn't bring a fish finder. I would bring some leeches. I mean, would be my key recommendation as far as what to bring for bait, you know? Yeah. I called up there and he said he can give me some leeches a couple of pounds or a pound of leeches. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I would definitely try to take him up on that, you know? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited. Uh, you know, I'm looking at some of the, the, reviews on the campsites and some some are listing you know i'll send you a link here to there's like some ratings of campsites and and some of them aren't saying that this island site's the best and maybe use that to your advantage you know because i in my experience is staying there it's primo maybe they're just saying it's harder to get firewood or something but you just paddle over to either shore and get your wood there you know that's funny because uh i told that then said that johnny and like well doesn't have that many good reviews Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I go, I know we stayed a couple didn't have good reviews either, and we loved them, so you never know. That's This is my favorite campsite by far, man. I mean, I would try to get that. If that island is open, I would. How long would it take to, how long would it take to get there? Paddling pretty good from the lodge. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take you a little while. Oh, well, how many portages? Are you guys going to be able to carry everything in one, one run over the portage? You don't have to go back? I'll be able to carry my stuff in one. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody, I you try to explain to people, you know, like one guy wants to bring this huge 17 pound bug tent. I'm like, got it. I don't want to carry it. Uh-huh. You know, that's a, that's a trip by itself almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but he might, you might I'll appreciate able, it too. You know, there's that too. You know, I, I don't know. Is the Island pretty good breeze on that Island? Uh, it should be. Yeah. And that helps with the bugs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I think I might just, I'm looking for just like a nice tent, uh, actually with a fabric store. Cause I have one of those rain tarps for the CCO, the uh, Cook County tarps, whatever they have. Mm. I got one of those mm-hmm. for a rain tarp and they're light. I'm going to go to the fabric store here in Omaha. They got mosquito netting you can buy by the yard. Yeah. Cool. And make make your own. Make yeah. a little rope. Yeah. Just make a little one that drops over. It gets real bad. Drop that down and sit there. If not, pack it away and it doesn't weigh nothing. <laughs> nice man i like your i like your style on that so okay so you know here's how here's what i would do let's say i was coming on this trip right i i'd try to yep uh, we're going out of there at eight o'clock in the morning at the latest you know i'd like to be paddling out of there by seven but that's just me you know so we usually leave at like six i'm, I'm okay. up early i get up early we'll be excited dude yeah exactly. it'll be all that adrenaline going we're gonna be ready <laughs> like no like it'll be it'll be Granola bar and go. Yeah, nice. Okay, so you're on the water. Let's just say seven. That that you're leaving at seven. You're up, moving around by five thirty. You eat a little something. You get geared up. You say bye to the guys at Rockwood. You're paddling away at seven. 
Uh, you could get there by, let's say, one o'clock. You're you're on Gaskin at one o'clock. I bet. Okay. Yeah, one or two. And you then, know. And there's there's the porters aren't, aren't too bad there. Not at all. Nice. Yeah. No, it's it's a lot of paddling, and my horseshoe's got those arms to paddle down, and and uh, you know that shot across Liz Poplar's easy. Uh, and then, you know, Liz, Caribou's pretty quick, and the horseshoe, you dart those arms down, and you're, you know, you're on that last longest portage, and then if the campsite, if the island's open, you're right there, and there you go. Is there a lot of northern up there, too? Yeah, and there's probably going to be some small, I don't know if you ever fish topwater lures, they're really fun in June to fish some topwater bait during the day, because you can catch fish all day long on, like, a surface lure, you know? Yeah, I got some poppers and uh, some uh, uh, little head head on, you know, mm-hmm. spinner like the rattle traps. I got all kinds of those. Yeah, yeah, bring some but of again, those. And like, I'll bring some top water for bass mm-hmm. and uh, some spoons for the northern, and a couple rapalas, and then just some hooks for yeah. the for the rigs. All right, so here's something else you got to bring on this trip that'll be different than anything you were exposed to last year is there's on Winchell Lake which is just one portage over from Gaskin yep is lake trout and trophy northerns in there so man I might want to bring my bait caster then well I mean just any way you're gonna the lake trout are gonna be I mean we just had a late ice out this year like the ice probably came off Winchell last weekend or within the past five six seven days I bet so it'll oh, really? yeah oh definitely yeah so it'll be pretty the lake there's a chance you could catch some lake trout just by trolling with like a deep diving rapala or something how deep uh it'd be nice to get to like 30 feet or 25 or something you know okay if you can some kind of a deep diving rapala or something like that would be good yeah yeah i always put a weight on there to get it down there a little bit i'm not going to bring any like lake core line or any of that Mm-mm. So you just troll, you just paddle and troll. I've never done that. Yeah, that's what I would do. I mean, it's going to be windy. They call it windy wind chill because it's like a tunnel in through there. It's a steep lake. It's a beautiful lake. One of one of our favorite lakes. But it's a uh, kind of a wind tunnel, and it's often windy. Even on Gaskin, sometimes it'll be nice, and you cross over the portage and the, the divide there, and drop down, and it's just a wind tunnel. <laughs> so be prepared. Be mentally and physically prepared. And so for the white cats to pop up. Yeah, yeah, for real. And wear, you know, make sure you're wearing your life jacket and stuff because it's a danger. It can be dangerous in there, you know, but it's a gorgeous lake and uh there's lake trout and huge, like I can't emphasize enough, huge northerns in there. Forty inches and things, you know. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Pull the boat. Oh yeah. So it's a fun lake. Uh I would really encourage you to do a day on Winchell and try to Pick a day that's really is light wind and sunny, like a really nice day, and and you know the walleye aren't likely to be biting until the evening on a night like that anyway. So take the day and go into Winchell and troll for lake trout and northerns. You know, bring some spoons and cast them up into the bays to see if you can find some of those northerns. So you mix it up, trolling with rapalos for lake trout, and then tossing spoons into the bays for pike. What kind of rap- uh, rapalos do you use for the? Uh- Lake trout, any of them? Yeah, any of them. You know, just something that care. the the key is to get deep. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Another way that you can actually get them too is like a heavy jig head with a, a big, big twister tail, you know? I mean, that's more for like in, getting into the summer months, but they might be starting to move a little deeper uh, at the, you know, in June. So maybe bring some, a couple back. If you're not getting them trolling after a while and you're like, well, maybe they're here off this point or something, some kind of a colored, bright colored, you know, orange is a good color to bring into wind chill, like an orange jig head, a big one with a big orange twister tail body on it. Like a half ounce jig head? Yeah. Or it just okay. is even, the, even just, the, you know, obnoxiously big. Just big. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that'd be, that'd be a fun day trip or two if you get in there on the first time and have some fun because lake trout are, are primo. I mean, this is, that's a unique species to catch and it's just a lot of fun to get in there and wind chill so, so amazing, you know, that I would encourage you to try to get in there at least once on your trip. Okay. Would it worth be uh, going to other camps, that camp or just stay at their base and just paddle around? That's the best, best way to go about this trip. I would. I like base camping. That's what I would do on Gaskin. You can fish off the island. Another good thing about the island is it's on the north side of that island is really a sharp drop-off. It's shallow on the south side of the island, and on the north side, it's like a sheer drop-off. And there's good fishing right off of there, in, certainly in June. So you can wake up and fish from camp. You can fish from camp in the evening without having to paddle all over, you know. Just do the slip bobber, let it fall out there a little bit. Yeah. You're on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, with a leech on a slip bobber at night and in the morning. Perfect, man. I'm getting excited, man. I'm getting excited. Yeah. I wish I, wish, I, wish I would have went up there uh, as younger. I'm going to take the kids here maybe this fall if it works out, especially with this COVID stuff or figure out how that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, maybe mm-hmm. you can do a couple trips. I mean, what's so coming up from Omaha is what, a 12 12- 15-hour um, drive or something? 10, 12. Okay. To Grand Marais. Nice. You guys going to stop in and say hi to the radio? Oh, well, I mean, we're kind of on a different schedule, but we can coordinate it. I'd like to say hi to your buddies, or I could pop up and say hi at Rockwood or something, too, you know? We'll figure it out. I'll let you know. Where, I think we're going to leave um, Saturday, and uh, I wanted to stay in... Uh, Grand Marais. How far is the lodge from Grand Marais? Uh, 40 minutes or something. Yeah, I was thinking about going to Grand Marais, getting some last-minute stuff from the store, like if we're going to bring any fresh food, you know? Mm-hmm. And then in the Sunday morning, heading up towards uh, heading up to uh, the lodge and even going out on Poplar and just going fishing a little bit during the day and then going back to the little bunkhouse and sleep it off and do with that. So we'll probably be up there Saturday Saturday afternoon. Nice. Cool. Make a long trip. Well, that, I definitely want to hook up with you. If you're going to be there Saturday or? Uh, I'll be probably fishing or I'll be around, you know, I'll be somewhere. You'll be fishing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get up there and uh, Saturday, you <clears throat> the plan to get up there early or later afternoon and then Sunday we'll head up to the lodge check in, do a little fishing, have a nice dinner before we head out and hit the hay, have a couple of beers and call it good. Yeah. Cool, man. Sounds like a, you got, you got things lining up. I, I hope you guys have an awesome trip. You know, so what are you going to do? I know, I don't know what the situation is in Nebraska, but Iowa doesn't have any kind of travel advisory in place, but Minnesota has the, has like a travel stay at home 
order in place until the 18th, you know, we don't know exactly, you know, you and I are talking on the 12th, but like what, what are your plans about, you know, a lot of the town is different than when you were here last summer. I mean, businesses aren't necessarily all open and things like that. Like what's your, are you guys going to be flexible or keeping your eye on that or what, what's your thought there? Yeah, we're going to have to, we're going to have to be flexible on that. Like this whole new situation that everyone's dealing with. So we'll, I'm waiting, for, you know, when you say travel ban, are they not allowing people in the state? I mean, you can still travel to the state, right? Yeah, you can. It's just like for the the advisory at this point is that Minnesota residents stay at home unless it's an essential reason to go somewhere. But that's set to expire on Monday, which is the 18th, and you know we haven't heard officially if it what what the recommendation is. But you know the places up the Gunflint Trail are, are starting to open you know, like now and they were open for the fishing opener and things. So I, I mean, just as a precaution, like, so you don't come and expect, cause last summer when you were here, it was pretty bumping and busy and people everywhere. Oh, and, hopping. You yeah, know, the boys had a blast there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so probably not going to be like that. You know, I, I, and there's a big construction project on highway 61 through town too, to be aware of, but just, just some things to keep in mind, you know, it'll be a little different, obviously. Right. Yeah, the one thing is it's, uh, there's no fire and no overnight yet, you know, so we, I'm, we're just hoping that it opens up. Same for you on your trip that you only got to go to your day trip, you know. Mm-hmm. You just kind of wait and hope. And if it cancels, uh, <clears throat> I told the guys I was going to call Rockwood Lodge and see if they could put us up in a bunk or something up there. Mm-hmm. And we just go up there, go canoeing on a couple, couple day trips so we can get a couple day permits. Oh, yeah. And uh, head out and do a little fishing because I got the week off and everyone else does too. I still want to go up there and experience it. And even though we wouldn't be able to camp, if they do cancel camp, we can still go up there and uh, I'll talk to Mike up at the lodge and see if he's got, we got a bunkhouse reserved for one night, see if we can stretch it a few days, you know? Yeah. We can go up and lease, go see it, go get a couple day permits because that would be fun still just to go up there and go fishing, hang out, get away. Mm-hmm. Nice. But Sounds good. May 18th. We're, we're kind of waiting for that day, you know, because who knows if fire is going to be allowed, what we're going to bring to eat, because if there's no fire, just pretty much bring some backpacker meals and eat those, you know? Mm-hmm. And you can bring a camp stove now. Already you're allowed to bring a stove, so you could cook up fish on a stove, a little, you know, camp stove, or I bet Rockwood or somebody, you know, pick one up somewhere. You can cook back in there now. So what kind of camp stove can you bring? A wood fire camp stove or just a camp, propane cast camp stove? Yeah, like a, I have an isobutane for you know, like a gas stove that it screws into a canister and a light. That's what I have. The little one that's mm-hmm. got the little legs that fold out. Like a jet boil type thing, you know? Yes, I have one of those. Yeah, you could bring that in. Bring that in with a little skillet and some oil and still eat fish every night or as much as you want, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're bringing that, and we're bringing, uh, we got two little propane uh, grills ready. And then we have a, <clears throat> I got a little wood fire biolite stove, you know, mm-hmm. it's a backpacking one, but hopefully they'll lift the fire ban and the overnight all at once is what I'm open. You know, it's good news to see, like, the Smoky, it's a national park over there. They opened up, you know. Yeah. I think the the park, uh, the Boundary Waters itself, is likely to have overnight. I mean, I I'm not speaking in any f- official capacity here, but I would expect that they're going to follow the governor's stay-at-home order. And if he lifts that, 
or, or modifies it in some way that overnight use in the boundary waters would happen. But the, the, the campfire ban is, you know, almost unrelated because it's dry as a bone up here right now. I mean, oh, re- is it really? Yeah, really, really dangerously dry. Like the campfire ban is its own thing. And I think people aren't, uh, you know, they're not really clarifying that uh, uh, to the point of like, we're having a campfire ban because. Yes, we don't want search and rescue to have to go in, but we don't want them to go in because it's bone dry, dangerous, high fi- dangerous. high risk of fire danger. Uh, so, but yeah, you read the forum, and a lot of people are complaining, saying that you know the rangers they're doing a terrible job, and they're just you know this is our land, we're supposed to be able to do it, but and they say that it's super wet up there, and there's puddles, and there's no reason, there's no reason not to have fires, which I read on a few posts, and then you see other people retort and say. You know, it's real dry up here, you know. Yeah. You can't have fires, and that's the reason. It's not just because of the COVID thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. fire bans previously in history, and this is just another one. Yeah, no. Yeah, trust me, man. This is by far the driest I've ever seen it up here. And they've had that campfire ban on uh, in another year that when I've been living up here. And so it's definitely not, uh, you know, completely out of the normal to have a campfire ban. And this year is drier than that year. You know, from Pal- well, after going through Lake Isabella and where that fire was at, mm-hmm. it's it's just it was overwhelming to see how big of you know you, we just imagined me and Johnny as we paddled like just imagine this whole place engulfed in flames. You know the way it just looked desolate, and then when we hit the green forest, you know, complete the line where the fire stopped, it was just completely different. You know, the whole scenery changed. Yep. Yep. Yeah, these and wildfires are real. You fuel know? going. It's like that, that pine, that fuel is just like so hot. Even when we start a fire, you know, you'd like the campfire would be like, man, just imagine mm-hmm. forest fire. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see, man. I'll you know, keep your eye on precipitation is is also important to look at the weather between now and then or just stay in contact. You know, send me an email anytime or I'll let you know. We're we have a hundred percent chance for rain like tomorrow night and maybe a substantial amount, it looks like so. Uh, you know, hopefully things start to green up. They open the wilderness. You guys can do your trip, do some, you know, maintain social distance with, like, other parties and just do it. You know, those guys at Rockwood will keep you informed about how to do it safely. And, and uh, you know, we'll just keep in, keep in contact about how things go uh, on your trip, man. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll make sure we hook up with you before or after we, when we're leaving. Yeah. Cool. Hey, uh, just uh, again, you know, I've been, <laughs> I hope it's all right that I recorded our conversation. I want to get this on the podcast too. I think it's, it's cool to hear about how a trip discussion goes and talking fishing. And, and also I wanted to get the news on about the, the big award, man. I'm, I mean, this is a huge deal, Eric, to, to win this Edward Murrow award. And I'll be sending you all the stuff. And I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart, man, we, we want to really recognize your story and honor your father and, uh, and uh, just keep that in mind with this award that it's a it means a lot to us and and it's a dedicate we we want to dedicate it to you and your family. Well, I'm, we receive it well. I thank you so much. I'm gonna let my sisters know, my mom know, and my family know. And I, I'm honestly about in tears when you told me that. It's uh, it just kind of makes it really important, you know. That mm-hmm. it was. Uh, memorable trip for me and that it touched a lot of people that makes me happy and yeah. made my dad happy too hmm. all right well you keep in contact eric it's great to talk with you and, and we'll see you soon hopefully yeah hopefully soon hopefully we'll get up there and everything will open up and it'll be 
it'll be a great, great new trip. All right, man. We'll talk to you later, Eric. Thanks, Joe. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, we want to take a moment here to thank our sponsor, one of our sponsors for today's episode, Bent Paddle Brewing in Duluth. You know, Bent Paddle has been a supporter of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast uh, since our first season, almost some of our first episodes. So we are forever uh, just, and we just appreciate what they've done so much on the podcast. And it was great to be able to share the news with uh, Laura and the team down there about the Murrow Award and know that their support has helped make this podcast possible. And I know they've been sharing a lot of information about COVID-19 facts and, and just information on their website. They have a, an excellent, very comprehensive website, bentpaddlebrewing.com. You can find so much there. They are such supporters of clean water in the Lake Superior region and the Boundary Waters. Uh, it's important to, to check out what they have to offer uh, because they're, they're a classy organization. They do uh, great work in, in northern Minnesota here. Bent Paddle Brewing. Couldn't be uh, more proud to have them as a sponsor of the podcast today. So thanks to everybody down at Bent Paddle Brewing Company for supporting today's episode. Well, let's jump now to my conversation uh, with Chris over in Wisconsin as he prepares for the fishing opener. And uh, well, he missed the fishing opener this year, actually, but we'll hear what Chris has to say about his plans for Boundary Waters Travel 2020. Well, joining us now on the podcast from his home in Janesville, Wisconsin, is Chris Sharnecki. Hey, Chris, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me, Joe. Well, a couple things that Matthew and I really were excited to have you on the podcast for is we've met you at a couple of these outdoor expos, one up the Gunflint Trail. I think that's where we first crossed paths there. It was up at East Bearskin a few years ago. Now it's been. And then we met you again, saw you over by uh, Madison, in Madison at Canucopia in 2019. Janesville's uh, not too far from Madison. So you were you were at the uh, canoe show there, the Canucopia Expo, and we got to you know chat with you again. And of course, when you and I get to Talking BWCA, we often talk about fishing, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to really open up today with uh, talking specifics about your trip that you had planned for May, May 9th here in, in 2020, or that weekend of the fishing opener in Minnesota. You were headed back to the Gunflint Trail, uh, Chris, but it's, you know, the BWCA is closed to overnight use at this time, but it sounds like you had made the choice, you and your group, uh, before then. To, to not come, you know, a conscious of effort or awareness about COVID-19. Tell us, Chris, about, you know, what led up to your decision to, to kind of rearrange plans here for this trip you had on the fishing opener this year. Well, just with everything going on, and me being in Wisconsin, our stay-at-home order got extended before your guys's, and once I saw that happen, I just, you know, made that conscious decision to, you know, wait, wait it out. A little bit longer you know we had the the opener trip planned and i also have a, a june 1st trip planned so i made that decision knowing that i had another trip in three weeks so mm -hmm. yeah and we'll wait and see right about how that all plays out but you know like you said you had that in your back pocket i guess 
Absolutely. And that's, I mean, really wanted to go check out that opener on, you know, Ram Lake, try to slay some trout and then move on up to Poplar and get some walleye. But hey, you know, June 1st, we'll be able to do that too. Yeah. Okay. I see. So you had a, a permit uh, for when we're talking about this May trip now that's been canceled uh, that yeah. you, you had a, a route established. You were going at, you just mentioned Ram Lake. That's uh, for, you know, our podcast listeners. Many of them probably know that, but it's, uh, it's up the Gunflint Trail. It's a uh, a fairly popular entry point, but limited. It, I think it's one permit a day or maybe two, yeah, uh, something like that, but uh, limited access into that area. But it is there's lake trout in that country. You, know, you get into little trout and, and up uh, north there, as you're referencing. It sounds like you were going to do a, a through trip on that. But, you know, I, ice out is happening here with just in the past. You and I are talking here on the 7th of May in 2020, and ice out's just a matter of a couple days ago on some of these lakes. So the lake trout fishing Probably is going to be pretty good up there. I mean, are you how you, how are you feeling about uh, you know just how things have kind of unfolded here? Well, I'm you know I'm a little disappointed. I definitely wanted to get up there and and hammer some of those lake trout on opener, but you know it it, it is what it is, and it'll all play out. And um, I know I'll still be able to get some good fishing in on um, June first. We're going to go to the South Arm and Ice, so there's a lot of lot of good lakes around there and it's still going to be early enough water's still gonna be cold those lake trout will still be in shallow so yeah cool man it sounds like you're being pretty realistic about the the health uh you know awareness side of it as well as some of the direction from you mentioned uh governor tony evers over there in wisconsin has already had even before tim walls in minnesota had extended the stay-at-home order in in wisconsin they're worded a little bit differently and there's different things that are opening different times in each respective state but it sounds like you're you got a pretty you know you're you're at peace with how things are you understand why this is happening it seems chris yeah absolutely okay it's for it's for the better for for everybody yeah interesting all right man well cool well let's talk a little bit more about your your past trips to the bwca Uh, as i said when matthew and i met you up at east bearskin that was the the Gunflint Canoe Expo up there, it's a smaller, certainly compared to Canoe Copia, it's kind of a local northeast Minnesota, northern Minnesota uh, expo up the Gunflint. And, and you just kind of happened upon it that day, or you were coming out uh, from a trip, right, is how we crossed paths, or refresh me yeah, on how yeah. that all happened. We were, we were we did a week trip starting at uh, East Bearskin, and we ended up looping through, oh, um, it's off of memory, I think, like Moon, Deer, and then up, like into uh, close by Clearwater, we took that loop and ended up camping in in Pine. Mm-hmm. And man, it's beautiful over there. Um, Johnson Falls. We day tripped up into Johnson Falls. Hammered smallmouth of all sizes. Huge smallmouth um, right underneath the um, rapids mm-hmm. at Pine. Um, yeah, that was just that was a, a very interesting area. That's the first time that I've been that far east. I mean, I think that's pretty much the furthest east you can go. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> Pine is kind of that far end over there. Certainly, yeah. It's so so different than like the Ely side. You know, you get over to the uh, the Grand Marais side, and it's so hilly compared to the Ely side. I feel Ely's a lot more flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, Interesting. So, uh, what's your what's your family experience or background i mean did you grow up coming up here to canoe country in the boundary waters i am from minnesota and uh my grandpa he took and he probably took 30 plus trips up to the boundary waters two two trips a year 
So my grandpa is what got me going into the Boundary Waters as a young child. Um, and then I just, you know, adapted that into my adulthood. And now I'm doing trips and I got a five and a two year old and I'm going to be bringing them on trips now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cool, man. And so you were introduced to it as a, as a young guy and, and, you know, that's a big thing. Certainly when we talk with people who work in Quetico in particular, uh, this generational side of it. And, and, and there's certainly that in the, in the boundary waters too, when we talk with some of the outfitters who have scout groups coming back and you know, how rewarding it is to see those same scouts as, as adults, young adults like you coming back, uh, with, with the next generation of that they're still interested in it. You know, you never, did you ever feel like it was forced on you? Like, Chris, this is what it's going to, you know, you come on this trip and this is how it is. Or were you always just really excited to be there? Oh, absolutely not. I was like, let's go grandpa. Can I go with you guys again next year? You know, he did, he did one trip with kids and then one trip with the adults. So I always wanted to be on that second trip. I never felt pressured or anything. I love the boundary waters. Yeah. Cool, man. And and as I said, you're a pretty spirited angler, and, and that's what uh, you and I often talk about. But let's talk, uh, you know, background. Did your grandpa was a fisherman, or was that always part of these trips? Not really. Grandpa was never, you know, as a kid, and, and my trips coming up as a kid, I really didn't catch much fish in the Boundary Waters. And it's it's odd to, to think that, knowing what I know now and going to the Boundary Waters, and how it's just such a awesome fishery. Um grandpa just wasn't that much of a fisherman so we probably weren't fishing you know at the right times at the right spots anything like that fishing was just kind of a pastime as as a kid in the boundary waters but now as an adult when i go it's that's what my main focus is hmm. yeah that's interesting how that developed for you and and what uh what species are you kind of all over whatever's biting type thing or what do you go for i, I mean i'm I go up to the Boundary Waters to get those pristine, clear, you know, clean walleye. You can't get a cleaner walleye than up in the Boundary Waters, and just being able to eat those once a day. So I'm, I'm a walleye fisherman, but if I've already caught my meal for the day, I'm going to go for some big pike or smallmouth. Yeah, nice. I like your approach, man. And so uh, you got any you know memorable stories that you've gathered along the way, either fishing specific. Or, or just in general about, uh, you know, some B-dub trips that you've done? Oh, yeah. Um, one of my first years going back as, as an adult, me and a buddy took two kayaks. We decided to kayak. Um, we went in at Lake One. So the portages at Lake One are pretty flat and pretty pretty short. So it wasn't, you know, we, we figured taking the kayaks wasn't a big deal. We knew they'd be heavy and everything. But we ended up getting back to, we just camped on Lake 2. Um, this was a late fall trip, and it ended up being windy the whole trip. I mean, just howling winds the whole trip. Mm-hmm. So it pretty much kept us at camp. Um, when we decided to leave at the end of the trip, we were actually camped out right by the rapids that lead back into Lake 1. Mm-hmm. We decided, you know what, it's so windy, we're not going to be able to take our kayaks through all this big water. Like, we got, we got kayaks, we can, we can shoot the rapids. So we shot the rapids down. My buddy made it just fine. I ended up turning my kayak over, losing the fishing pole, swamping everything. But, hey, it's all part of, it was all fun. Yeah, okay. Everyone's still alive. 
I just lost a fishing pole. That was all. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely a, a memorable uh, trip. And, and kayaks, that's interesting. I, you know, I mean, you see them occasionally in the boundary waters, but not, not too often, certainly not on overnight trips. So is that something you commonly do or is that a one-time deal? That was a one-time deal. Never again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Was that, yeah. Now maybe. I got my Kepler canoe. All right. Yeah, cool, man. And what about camping? What's your uh, setup when you're at camp? You got a uh, hammock or tent, or what do you do? Yes and yes. Mm. Nice. If it's just me, you know, if it's me and a group of guys, I'm going to just bring a hammock. Um, if it's me and, you know, my brother or you, me and my family or something like that, we're going to bring a tent just to, to keep the space down a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. And, you know, so I think, uh, Chris, what's interesting about uh, our experience with with you in particular and, and you and your buddies coming off that trip, you, you're just enthusiastic about it. And Matthew and I on the podcast have met people who really just, I mean, when we talk about the boundary waters, it's like there is a certain passion for this place that is just, just unmatched by any other, you know, I've lived in some pretty cool places in the country that, that nobody has that kind of enthusiasm that I met about even like Glacier Park or some of these really amazing places. The boundary water seems to really, it get to the core for some people, whether it's the, the fishing, the dynamic, the, just the, the setting, whatever it is. But what is it about it for you? Because I think you're in that group of these people that, you know, like that just love this place. And what is it about it up here that just, is it, you know, tell me about that. I am, I am a complete outdoorsman, you know, hunting, fishing, the outdoors is, you know, that's, that's what makes me, you know, that's, that's my happiness. So the ability to be able to go up to the boundary waters to camp, fish, be away from civilization, my cell phone's not going to ring, you know, customers aren't going to be calling me, bothering me. I just, just to get away from everything and know, knowing that you have zero cell reception. Hmm. Yeah, cool. So it's the it's the solitude of the experience and and just the, the kind of the ruggedness it seems too that really appeals to you. And it's, yeah, and it's just you know every every trip we go, it always reminds me of my childhood and always makes me think of grandpa, and that's always it's always good. Yeah, cool, man. And, and so let's talk. Uh, you know, just wind this back through to to what you know, prompted this conversation, which is uh, COVID nineteen and the fact your your fishing opener. May 9th trip was canceled and, uh, you know, just the state of society and, and where things are with people being able to travel and, and wanting to safely do it and how that's all going to work. Uh, this, this year is, is different, uh, certainly for the boundary waters too, in the, in the Gunflint trail and the Ely community and the, and the whole scene up here. Um, you know, what are, what's your approach for, uh, you think it's going to feel different in there when you do whatever, if it's in June or just when you do that next trip, do you think that the Boundary Waters is going to feel different just how the world feels different? What are you expecting out there? I don't think so. I mean, you, you, you realistically, you're going to the Boundary Waters to social distance anyways. So I don't, I mean, you go up there, you got your hand sanitizer and you're social distancing from people anyway. So... I think, you know, I think it'll be just like normal. Mm -hmm. I actually think it'll be, you know, a a great relief. Yeah. So when you can safely get back in there, when it's all green lighted by the Forest Service, you know, things overnight camping opens up again, that uh, I think that uh, it sounds like you're pretty enthusiastic to to make it happen and, and do it the right way, too, it sounds like, Chris. 
Absolutely. You know, if June first doesn't happen, I have a I have another trip planned for the week before the Fourth of July, um, and that's where we're going to be at Lake One, and it's kind of be, going to be like a, a celebration for my grandpa. He passed away a few years ago, so we're going to all all of us that did trips with him are going to get together at the Lake One because that was his like hub. Once he got older, he, Lake One is where he always went to. So we're all, you know, all the grandkids and his kids are all going to get together and have a have a celebration at Lake One in the Boundary Waters for Grandpa. All right. Fantastic, man. Well, it sounds like you got a, a good summer planned for the Boundary Waters, and we hope you can get up here, uh, Chris, when you when you can. And, and uh, please do. It sounds like those are more headed over toward the Ely side of things this summer, but, uh, you know, maybe that – Ram Lake trip will happen in 2021 or in the coming years. And uh, please swing through and say hi to us on the podcast, or we hope to see you in Madison at Canoe Copia in 2021 for that matter. So uh, let's keep in touch. And uh, thanks for sharing your, your story with us here on the podcast, Chris. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, Joe. Well, the sun is setting on the edge of this Boundary Water Lake. The chill has returned to the air as the temperatures drop below freezing once again. And I kneel here in the lichen moss and watch the Joe Fredericks filleting several walleye. How are you feeling right now, Joe? Well, I'm feeling pretty good. Matter of fact, uh, you know, the fishing been out here all day now and fishing was uh pretty slow early but as it goes on a boundary waters trip you you know this was a fishing trip kind of primarily on the fishing opener if you put in your work you're gonna usually get rewarded and we're gonna all have some walleye dinners or breakfast or however you want to think of it uh we got some really nice fish here to seal up this trip on a beautiful day cold as you said you know it's it's chilly tonight i think it's probably as cold now as the last day we were out ice fishing <laughs> and maybe even a little colder yes indeed but uh, we're getting these fish filleted up and i'm gonna be driving home down the gunflint trail looking back on another magical day it truly out, has been out here in the boundary waters on that note we look forward to the day when you all will be up here again with us, enjoying our shared lands and waters. And uh, even though we did catch a good a, a good meal, we left plenty plenty in there for y'all. Yeah, definitely. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be an interesting summer it in the boundary be. waters and um, lots of unknowns still. A lot of unknowns, but uh, for what today was, it was a great day. The Murrow Award. Mm. things are it's a it's just an important time uh for the podcast and we want to keep hearing your stories now more than ever as a matter of fact till next time here on the boundary waters podcast matthew's freezing we gotta get out of here (laughs) i am shaking (laughs) (laughs) we gotta get out of here You can look to Venus, you can look to Mars I will set my sights by the northern star And in the deep dark blue come the northern lights Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights 
when I paddle canoe Feeling not thinking if the strokes are true We're gonna get through to the other side Out in the night the waves beat the shore You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar Ooh, me, rock me in my dreams You can roll me, rock me I like to sing, I love to dance I play the fool if I got the chance All around the campfire light All around the campfire light All around, all around, all around The campfire light